Hello. Hi. And welcome to the latest episode of The Peak and the Pit. I'm Jazz. I'm Kat. And that was a phone noise. Did no one hear it? Hello and welcome to Saturday's episode of The Peak and the Pit. Feels weird that, that we're uh, posting on a Saturday. No, but I'm liking it. It's been a good week. No. It's Mental Health Awareness Week and we're right near the end. And I think we've had some beggar full on. We have. We've had some, some really good stories, like amazing stories that we can so relatable. So make sure you go back and listen if you haven't. Absolutely. And like some really random pits and peaks. Like oh. we've had some serious ones. And yeah. we've had girls getting jam donuts at the post office. <laughs> ben getting plants. Yeah. But, <laughs> we literally uh, have had the most random ones, but that's what life like. It's sometimes you have the most random days and then sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. got any have you got a pit and peak of the week? Um, so the peak has been hearing all these stories, it's really inspired me. Um hearing people's stories, it made me think that a lot you know about what life you lead, we all have quite similar experiences. Uh, especially being yeah, so it's just been an eye opener for me. Um here it is, it's nearly the end of it. I can't believe it. I know. I think I'm so proud of like all the effort we've put in as well because it's not been easy. No, it hasn't. It's been a tough week, and <laughs> I just want to thank everyone. I mean, we're not we're nowhere near the end yet. You've got tonight's and you've got tomorrow's. You lucky devils. Yeah. But I think just everyone that's been involved so far, thank you so so much. We really do appreciate you giving us your time. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. So we've got the uh, wonderful Ross on this evening yes i'm excited so we've got the wonderful ross adams on this evening we do i'm so excited i know he's such a chatterbox as well so uh we 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 had a right good conversation with him didn't we we did i loved it it's been good so um let's see let's see what he's got to say he's got the such a sad peak in the pit hi ross hi jazz are you okay? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all good. So nice to be talking to you guys. Well, what we normally do, Ross, is we ask all of our um, participants, what is their peak and pit of the week? So what is your peak and pit of the week? Right, so my peak and pit of the week kind of related, and it's to do with my dog, um, because Oscar is our dog, and he's a beagle. And he's 11. He'll be 12 next month. And I feel like I should just start this story by giving you the full background, okay? So um, when me and my husband met probably years ago, seven years ago, something like seven, eight years ago. Um, And when we met, Phil had the dog. Phil had, it was, Oscar was Phil's dog. Now, up until that point, when I was a kid, I never had a dog never had I had pets but we had a cat so for me I always felt like when we got together I was like oh dog smelly dog like (laughs) smelling my house oh and I really wasn't a big fan of the dog cut to years later and we've been together all this time and we're married and Oscar now is like my baby and I'm obsessed with him and he's he is old for a dog but he's not the kind of, he's not like, you know how you see some old dogs and they look old and grey and like you can tell they've got arthritis and all that. 
Oscar's not like that at all. He's like still dead active and stuff. Anyway, so last week, Oscar became poorly and like really poorly as well. It was like dead sudden, dead quick. And he just went downhill really, really fast. And we were started where he didn't have his breakfast. And then we were a bit like, mm, that's odd because he loves food. I was going to say, he's such an eater. <laughs> Absolutely loves food, any food. And so it, we were just a bit like, what's going on with us? Anyway, it got worse. And then it got to a point where he was kind of lying on the floor, shivering, like really shivering. And I said, I said to Phil, we need to get a vet. We need to just do a vet. So we managed to get this FaceTime appointment with a vet. And the vet took one look at him and basically said, I'm really concerned. And this is an emergency. You need to you need to take him into an animal hospital. And we were like, oh, okay. So we took him off to the animal hospital, but because of COVID, you can't go in with the animals. So we had to drop him off in a car park and he was so poorly. And it was just horrible having to leave him and, and just see him get kind of carried off into a, like an animal hospital. And then we were like, well, will you call us? Will you let us know if he's okay? And he's been, he was in the animal hospital for, a, well, for about five days or six days. But thankfully, he's home now. And it turned out to be pancreatitis, um, which is like an inflamed pancreas, basically. And it can be caused by them eating fatty foods. And because Oscar is a proper little scavenger and just will eat anything, we think that's what it is. So my, my pit of the week was him being ill, us not being able to visit him, being worried sick about him. And my peak was probably getting him back home and just thinking, thank God, you're all right. 100%. And I yeah. bet that week where he was in the hospital was so strange. It was all, like the house was quiet. Everything yeah. was just... You don't realise, do you, until you've got a pet and you know how much they mean to you. And I think... Dogs especially, because I had cats as a kid, but dogs have just got their own little personality. And Oscar is like a, a proper member of our family now. And when he wasn't here, and even the little things like, so he has a routine where five o'clock on the dot, he barks for his dinner. That's when he wants it. And he knows, even when the clocks go back or forward, he knows. When it's <laughs> and as soon as he gets his dinner, he will then bark until I give him a treat. And to be fair, I'm the soft one. Like, if he barks, I'll give him whatever. And it's so hard since he's come home because he's still there giving me, like, the puppy dog eyes and stuff and hoping for a treat. And I can't give him them because the whole thing with pancreatitis is you've got to put them on, like, a really low-fat diet. So he's having a dreadful time, really, now. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad he's okay, though. I'd have been beside myself. It's horrible. Well, Jazz, you've been there with Flo. Like, yeah. it's horrible. As soon as, as soon as they go into a vet, and because you're not there, and the first night that he was in there as well, the, the veterinary nurse who came out to collect him said, look, we'll ring you if there's anything to worry about. And at quarter to five in the morning, we got a phone call, and we were both, like, fully panicked, thinking the worst. And it was basically a vet saying, oh, we just got round to doing the check. Um, he's stable. Um, and we were like, 
it's quarter to five in the morning. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, so so he's back now, and that's like I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Well, I mean, I'm about to ask you, uh, has lockdown affected your mental health? But I feel like asking you, has Oscar being dropped off without you being able to visit affected your mental health? You know what, right? This is about <laughs> lockdown for me. So first lockdown, not going to lie, I absolutely it because I felt like the weather was amazing. It was a bit of a break with everyone's so busy aren't they like with work and everything else and I just felt like it was a real time to be like oh and breathe and relax and chill for a minute so the first lockdown didn't mind at all second lockdown a little bit annoying but still got through it this latest one has been horrendous horrendous and I feel like I think it was because I just imagined that after Christmas, things would be back to normal, and things would be all right, and we'd be able to plan stuff and go out and, you know, do things. And then this one, because of the dark nights and all that, and it was so dreary, I just felt like it was awful. And the whole, it's, it's like these rules that are in place, especially for the dog, when we couldn't go in, when, when you can't take him in, a vet like we had our masks on all of that and you just think please like let me let me come in and see him let me make sure he's okay so this this most recent lockdown is the one that i've found the hardest but the others i didn't didn't mind i think everyone said the same with that haven't they cat we've said that i think it was cat came to me during the well just beginning of the third lockdown and said look we've i feel like something out there for people just like an upbeat chat about mental health because cat has been a huge mental health advocate for so long I'm talking about you in third person cat well done cat yeah but she came to me and she was like do you think we should do a podcast I just think there needs to be something more upbeat everything's really clinical (laughs) self-help Oh God! And I've literally been sat here saying my dog's been poorly. <laughs> no. I feel like I've not been upbeat at all. You have been because, yeah. like, it's it's relatable. So many people have been in that sort of situation, especially with the whole vet thing at the moment. I know, mainly Jackie had to have her dog put down during last oh, lockdown. Imagine. Through, well, thank God that the guys at Vets for Pets in Berry turned around and said no, come in and be with her. Like, oh, that- Good. So yeah, good. they didn't do it without her, so she went in. I mean, I don't know how nice the situation that's going to be, but at no. least she could be with Ella. Uh, yeah. When when they had to say goodbye, but I just with Flo with me. Luckily, Flo does not give one. When I had to take her to animal the Liverpool Hospital veterinary clinic the other day, she has a specialist because she's special blooming special, special dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's off, she talks, they, they come out with a lead and then she's like, see you later, and off she goes in. This, and I'm like, you haven't got a clue what's about to go down, mate, otherwise you'd be running the other way. Oscar hates it. He knows, yeah. he knows, like he'd never been to that vet before, but you can just tell, you just, he just knows, and he, and you, like his little tail was down and it's normally like pointed up and he just looked so miserable and then we couldn't be there to like pet him or tell him it was going to be all right. It was, 
So our next question for you is knowing that you're an actor and you're in the public eye, do you think that being in the public eye um, has affected your mental health or how can it affect your mental health? One million percent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think I've been thinking about this question and so I feel like I used to be so confident. I feel like I used to have so much self-belief, confidence in me. And now I feel like I've, I've lost that. I feel like I don't have a lot of that anymore. Or I can maybe fake that I have, but, but I think I haven't at all. And I think I was trying to say to I asked myself, what, what has changed then? Like, why, why would I, what can change from being younger and having this confidence, being so fearless, and then now not feeling like that? And I, and I think really it's just, you, and also what I need to make clear is I, I always feel really lucky to have my job. And, I, and it's, there are people out there who are saving lives, you know, or working down mines you know, and, and my job isn't like that at all. But I think the difference with our job is you're forced to like confront yourself and all of your flaws five nights a week. And so small things that you might not realize because you don't look at yourself in HD and like, you know, you don't see what you look like as you're walking around and stuff like that. Whereas when you're at home and you're watching and you think, oh, there or so I think it's really easy to start to yourself apart when when you're an actor and I think actors generally are quite kind of self-conscious anyway I think a lot of actors worry about how they look and even little things like when you're on set and and you know you know that there's a gallery of people in the gallery watching your face and if there's a hair that goes out of place or if you've got a but they'll come in and cover it up. So suddenly you're thinking, oh, have I got a really big spot? Or have a, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's unlike any other situation where your flaws and things, you wouldn't necessarily think about them as much as you do. But I think when you're an actor, you're forced to think about them because you, you see it and, and you live in it. My thing when I used to watch myself back on screen was I used to think I looked right. I used mm -hmm. to, so then it'd get in my head that I was, I didn't want to wear big baggy clothes on screen, but my character obviously was going through this bullying storyline when Esther was at like a, a height during Hollyoaks and they wanted her to dress quite like she wanted to cover up, didn't, but I knew what I looked like on screen and it triggered so much of me because I, obviously I'm playing a role, I'm playing a character, so the big jumpers were what Esther would wear. Because yeah. she doesn't want, she wants to just blend in. She doesn't want to stand out. But I used to watch those episodes and be like, what on earth is going on? And I was so glad when obviously she, she came out the other end from all that and she started wearing a nice bright colours and the little skirts and the t-shirt. I was like, oh. And everybody's yeah. like, haven't you lost weight? And I'm like, no, I actually haven't. <laughs> I still eat like a pig. It's just the fact that I was in jumpers the size of tents. Yeah. <laughs> like, trying because yeah. that's what the character would wear at the time but you did you can't help it and you know it's for the character choices and it makes sense but i used to especially the size of the 
TV screens for people have now. I've just looked up at my TV and just think I can't even imagine what my head could look like on that. Yeah. I know. And even even things like being in HD makes such a difference, doesn't it? Because you literally see every floor, you see everything. Whereas before, like in the days pre-HD, when it was all a bit softer focus, you could get away with loads. You know, you didn't see every wrinkle and every like every tiny little blemish. But now you do. And that is sometimes you sat there thinking, oh, oh. But but it's bad because I kind of feel like we should all just embrace who we are and just like, yeah. But it but on the flip side, it is hard. Like and you know what, Jazz? That's really interesting about you saying how you always felt bigger than, than what you were. And but but I actually think that that's the thing for like men and for lads in the show as well because the the show is so well known to have like body beautiful people with six packs and rippling muscles and all of that. I'm not that. I will never ever be that. How have you? How have you managed? your mind healthy through all this how do you what is I don't know whether I really don't know <laughs> I, I mean I feel like one thing that I did do in the first lockdown was was I ordered <laughs> a body pump kit from the gym and in the lockdowns I've been doing body pump in my front room and I honestly feel like I feel better so, like, when people say about how much they love the gym and stuff, I used to think, that's rubbish, that. This. Like, how can you feel better <laughs> when you put yourself through hell lifting weights or running on a treadmill? I don't buy it. I don't believe it. But actually, when I, if I get up on a morning and I don't have to go to work or whatever, I could quite easily spend the day watching this morning, bit of loose women, you know, chilling out on the couch in a bag of crisps. And I find that I'm doing more with my day. So I'll do that in the morning and then I'll walk the dog and then I'll go somewhere. Whereas sometimes if I get up on a morning and I don't do it, that sets me off for a bad day then. I'm yeah. with you. Well, that's the whole <laughs> point of the podcast. It's to show the link between fitness and mental health. And that I just think just getting up and moving your body, even if it's just 15, 20, 30 minutes yeah. of the morning, is going to change your day entirely. I got up, so I've, I've stupidly signed up for Manchester Marathon. Uh, um, um, I was very drunk. I was more bothered that it cost me £74. Um, but anyway. 74 quid to run a marathon. <laughs> so um, I think we, I think I've spoke about that in the podcast the other day as well. So this is how annoyed I am about it. We signed up to do the Manchester 20K. Didn't do any training whatsoever. None. Day of the Manchester 10K came, and I thought, right, I've got to do, I've got to do the Manchester 10K now. What to wear? <laughs> and I had, no, honestly. So at the time, my style was quite preppy. I used to wear a lot of like brogues, um, and all I had I had no trainers. All I had was a pair of leather brogues, right? So I thought, oh, I can't really really running you can't do a 10k in leather brogues so i turned up in town where all the races were like at the start line doing their warm-up and stuff and i nipped into a shoe shop and basically bought a pair of trainers so i'm gonna have to do this now 
now. <laughs> what, what a pair of trainers that I'd never tried, like I hadn't didn't try them on, anything, just put them on. Off I went on this 10k um run, and it was horrendous. I did it in an hour, <laughs> like I think it took me <laughs> an hour and 10 minutes or something to do a 10k. That's not bad, Dom. It's shocking, Jazz. I mean, it is. It's it is not like you average like 5Ks about half an hour. So oh, really? that's not bad. Yeah. Oh, well. It's good going. And to it... be fair, I think you'd enjoy running. You just didn't really give yourself the best start. Because I used to hate running. I was like, I'm never running. Don't like it. Don't understand it. Get bored. Mm -hmm. I quite enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I, I just can't. I think that that scarred me for life. I just thought. <laughs> <Probably. no. laughs> At least you completed it, though. Yeah, I did. I did. And you know what? Strangely, like what we were talking about before, that feeling of crossing the finish line and thinking I've done it was amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Ah, you're <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on Mental Health Awareness Week. If you haven't already, then please do get yourself to our Instagram page at the peak in the pit underscore podcast, where you'll find we've got a lovely little giveaway. What have we got, Kat? We've got a meal and drink at Red's True Barbecue and also a meal and drink at Impossible Manchester. We've also got three cocktails smoke mirrors. <gasps> Can we win the giveaway? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and do join us tomorrow where we'll speak to another amazing guest with another incredible story. If you have found something we've spoken about to be triggering, then there is a 24-7 mental health tech support line in the UK. All you need to do is text shout to 85258 and someone will be on hand to help you talk it through i think that is exactly what we need to do you, sometimes you've just got to talk it through haven't you cat yeah you do absolutely um do make sure that if you are struggling at the moment reach out to someone or reach out to some of the services that you mentioned yeah there are some incredible services and you will find a list of them and i think one of our first ever instagram posts we listed all the services in the uk so do just go and check them out if you feel that you need to speak to someone Join us tomorrow, guys. Yes, make sure you tune in tomorrow to find out who we're speaking to next. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs>